Social Strategy Podcast, episode 62. Welcome to the Social Strategy Podcast, where it's all about making the most of your business with smart tips on what's working now in social media, online business, and good old-fashioned networking. And now your host, who's also known as Ross PR on Twitter, Vernon Ross. Hey everyone, this is Vernon Ross, host of the Social Strategy Podcast, and I'm so glad you guys are here today. This is an exciting show. For me, they're all exciting shows because you guys know how much I actually love podcasting. Well, in this episode, we, we talk about inbound marketing, and I don't think that entrepreneurs, podcasters, bloggers talk enough about inbound and what inbound marketing actually means. When I first heard the term years ago, like when I did some stuff with HubSpot and was actually a HubSpot partner, I did have a full understanding of what inbound marketing was. I, I had a good idea of it, and it was early, early in the HubSpot days. But since then, inbound marketing has become a major strategy when it comes to getting traffic, taking that traffic, converting them into leads, converting those leads into customers. And this next guest goes into that concept and everything that has to do with it. This is going to be a really good episode. He actually just came back from Inbound 15 HubSpot's conference where he was speaking about inbound marketing. So this guest really knows his stuff. I'm excited to really get into this episode. There's a lot of nuggets for you guys to pull out. So with that, I'm going to go ahead, get into it. And I've got some exciting stuff for you guys on the back end. But real quick, before we get started, I wanted to let you guys know Periscope Marketing for Business, new course out there. This is a soft launch. You'll see a link on the site and I'll talk about it at the end of the episode. And I will see you guys on the back end. This is Vernon Ross, and welcome to the Social Strategy Podcast, bringing you the best in online business, social media, and good old-fashioned networking. And I've got a treat for you guys today. I actually haven't had anyone that specializes in inbound marketing. Not in particularly specializes in it. It's something that we all want. We all want the inbound stuff coming in. We're, we're not having to always do outreach. Well, my next guest, Tom Schwab, is a master at inbound marketing. With inbound marketing is to be able to bring customers to you through your interactions, through your advocacy, and through your education in your marketing and whatever service you're selling. And Tom is an expert at that. He's been featured on radio, TV, webinars, all types of podcasts. He's certified in HubSpot, so you know he knows what he's talking about. He just got back from Inbound 15, which I'm sure is a wealth of information, and I can't wait to dig in to learn how Tom and his company helps businesses build an effective online business and marketing machine. So, Tom, welcome to the podcast. Thank you, Vernon. I am thrilled to be here, and uh, I love the Social Strategy Podcast. To me, you know, once you get the strategy right, then all the tactics uh, make sense. And um, with that, uh, I think I've got some interesting uh, information here that uh, we got from Inbound and some of the the things we've been using over the last year. So I'm excited to talk. Awesome. So so let's let's dig a little bit into, you know, letting people know who you are and, and kind of how you got into the whole thing. Now you've got a background like going way back. You're you're a Navy guy. You're you're you were in the Navy and you got out. How did I, how did that lead you into getting into this? Uh 
I've got an interesting background, and it only makes sense looking backwards. Um, you know, I was trained as a, as a mechanical engineer. My first job out of college was running nuclear power plants. So with that, I've run nuclear power plants, and I've run small businesses. <laughs> and I always say that one was easy because it came with a complete manual and a how-to. <laughs> <Right>. <laughs> the other one, we, you know, we're making it up as we go here. But I think it 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 really forged the way I look at business. You know, I look at it as an engineering problem to be solved and to be uh, tuned and to get the maximum out of it. So when I got out of the service, I went to work for a Fortune 500 company in sales and marketing. And one of the things that frustrated me the most, Vernon, was that the marketers would say, yeah, 50% of the money we spend is wasted. We just never know what 50% it is. And that just frustrated me. There was no no systems, no way to to improve. And as I went through sales and marketing and started my own company, also, um, I just latched on to digital marketing because with this, the experts are always telling us what we should stop doing and what we should do more of. And the experts are our customers. Yes. You know, we have we have opinions in our business. We can bring in consultants with opinions, but the customers are the ones that are voting with their dollars. Um, so with that, I've used the engineering background um, to grow my businesses and really inbound marketing or permission-based or poll-based uh, marketing made a whole lot of sense to me. I think the world is changing. Nobody wants to be sold, but everybody wants to buy. So the people that are really winning are those that, that help, those that build the know, like, and trust. And it's never been easier to make a dollar online, but it's never been harder to make a difference, make a brand, um, and make a profit at doing it. So um, we've used this strategy over the last four years. We were one of the first ones in e-commerce uh, to use an inbound strategy. And we've seen it's worked. We've helped other people use it. And uh, now we're helping um, people that don't normally think of themselves in e-commerce uh, use the same tactics. You know, people like um, coaches, authors, manufacturers. Basically, if you're trying to sell something online, you're on e-commerce. And if not, you're, you know, even the IRS will call it a hobby after a while. <laughs> right, right. So let me ask you this. There are a couple things about some of the stuff that you said. When you when you say pull marketing, when I talk to small business owners, they generally are very resistant to the ideal of, you know, pull marketing versus I guess push marketing, what we're all used to, television advertising, radio advertising, where you're putting a message out there, and the only way you know if you get a return back is if you have some kind of coupon code, and then you actually track, you know, those engagements. How do you explain to, you know, like a, one, a recent customer of mine, a dry cleaner, what pool marketing is and how they can use it to be effective in their business? Sure, and the business owners a lot of times like the push marketing, but it's the customers that like the pull marketing. They don't want to be sold. You know, how many people actually like a commercial, uh, you know, interrupting the football game or like a, a commercial interrupting the radio show? It's an interruption. Right. So um, to look at poll marketing, you've got to look at it and say, is this benefiting the customer? Is it 
benefiting my know, like, and trust? Is it building trust? Because everything online is built on trust. Every interaction is either going to increase the trust or decrease the trust. Now, that being said, uh, if you talk about permission-based marketing or poll marketing and you don't have the analytics to support it, and you're just saying, well, I'm running a Facebook ad to increase brand awareness. Well, that's why business owners don't like it is because there's no return on investment. Mm -hmm. And with all of the analytics here, um, we should be able to know what everything does. So if you run a Facebook ad, you should be able to, to um, tie that to what the return on investment is. You know, if that dry cleaner goes and puts a guide out there on, you know, the, the 20 biggest questions on dry cleaning or how you can save on your dry cleaning bill at home. Uh, by doing things, you know, and they're going out and reaching out to their audience that way. You know, nobody, nobody that signs up on your newsletter list wants an, uh, wants another ad coming to them. But if you're a dry cleaner and, and you, you put out there uh, an email with some success stories of different customers that really tell a story they can relate to, maybe you put a free download on things that they can do, um, you know, to avoid going to the dry cleaners, now you're partnering with them. Oh, and by the way, um, you can talk about, you know, getting your uh, your uh, your winter things ready for the season and come in for dry cleaning on that. So with that, it's focusing more on them. And part of the problem we have is that with push marketing, you know, if I spend a dollar on an AdWords campaign, you know, I see the results tomorrow. Mm -hmm. But poll marketing, if you do content, it's got a longer term to it. So it's the difference between a spend and an invest. So if I put a, a blog out today or this, um, this podcast, you know, people will hear it the day it launches, but they'll also um, hear it you know, a month afterwards, a year after. So it's, right. the difference, it's the difference between are you doing an advertising spend, which is done and which is spent and gone, or are you doing an investment? And it's really that compounding interest. And it's, it's a different way to look at it. And I think the, the business owners that are looking to do a long-term business are focusing more on the compounding effect as they are of what can I do today. Right now, that's that's brilliant. It's a uh, it's a really interesting way to look at it. And so, if there are any dry cleaners out there, you might want to listen to what Tom just said because um, <laughs> there were some good ideas about bringing in customers into your into your store. Now, that's it's really interesting that you say that. Now, you were just at Inbound Fifteen. What kind of stuff was happening there? Oh, that's a great conference, and it's the fourth year for it, and it was the um, fourth year I'd been at it. And mm -hmm. first year in Boston, it was 2,500. Second year was 5,000. Last year, we had 10,000. Oh and gosh. this year, it was 15,000 people. Oh, my God. And it was just a huge conference of people that are um, business owners, marketers, um, that want to use more of a permission-based poll, um, poll philosophy. And just great, uh, great um, uh, discussion of what's working, what's not working, what some of the new technologies are, and just a uh, intermingling of people because you can always learn from different industries. And uh, so it's definitely um, the word inbound. Uh, is not as as rare as it was a couple of years ago. Right. People are starting to to understand it and to embrace it a lot more. Still, it's it's a jargon term. I always just call it permission based marketing. You know, while inbound is is probably five or six years old, if you look at it, this is the same strategy that our 
grandparents and our great grandparents used to to build their businesses, you know, to to attract the customer, to serve them, uh, to engage them and really focus on them and trying to make a lifetime customer out of it as opposed to just going to that next transaction. seems like over the last 10 years, we've really been focused on the transaction, right. not, the life, not the lifetime value. And while the, while the tactics are changing and all the tools, the strategy remains the same. Right. Yeah. You, you know, a couple things that you uh, had talked about on your, on your blog, you were talking about podcast as a, uh, an effective tool for basically permission-based marketing. How do you advise people on some tips to be able to use podcasts for inbound marketing and particularly being a podcast guest? Sure. And if you look at it, um, you think about content. Most people think blogs. Well, mm-hmm. a good blog will convert at one to two percent. And honestly, Vernon, blogs are really getting saturated now. How much time do you spend each day reading blogs? And even when you do, <laughs> right. um, you know, could do you know what that person sounds like? Um, do you know what they look like? Whereas podcasts are so much richer and deeper. And so what we found is that the traffic from blogs typically converts at 1% to 2%. But the traffic from podcasts converts at 25 to 50%. Mm-hmm. You know, pe- people are going to listen to us here. And they'll either know, like, and trust us and want to engage more. And they'll come to the site or they won't. And that's fine because you don't want to uh, attract everybody. You just want to attract your ideal customers. And while having your own podcast is a great way to do that, um, as you know, Vernon, running your own podcast is a lot of work. Oh, yeah. Anybody who says, oh, running a podcast is easy is either one of two things. Either they've never done it or they've never done it well. (laughs) Right. (laughs) So one of the things we look at is you've already got an established podcast with our ideal customers listening. You're looking for content. You're looking for stories. Why not use that strategy to go as a guest or a a featured story on a podcast? And that way you get to tell your story. You know, we're talking more about my business today than yours. So it's almost unfair. You're doing all the work and I'm getting the, uh, the credit for it. So with that, just going and using that strategy, and we've done that over the last year just personally and um, with quite a few of our clients and just been amazed at, uh, at how fast um, the response has been. Mm-hmm. You know, people will tell you when you start putting out content, you know, you need to blog for 9 to 12 months before you start to see traction. Boy, when you go on a podcast, you know when that, that podcast um, launches because you start to see traffic as 45 minutes after it launches yeah. and you see that traffic for, for months and months. Yeah, you do. It's, it's funny. One of, um, I think it was last Friday or maybe a couple Fridays ago. Uh, I had James Shramko from super fast business on the podcast well over a year ago. And all of a sudden there was this just huge rush of people downloading that episode. I had no idea why they were downloading the episode, but you know, it would get maybe one or two downloads a month, but then all of a sudden it jumped up to like 45 or 50 in a day. <laughs> and I'm like, is James speaking somewhere? Is he doing something? Did he mention something? I still haven't tracked down why the big rush on that particular episode, but I tweeted about it. And I'm like, wow, there's lots of people going to look at this episode. And then, of course, when I tweeted, even more people went back and clicked on links that were listed in that episode. So, yeah, I mean, it's it's a powerful tool to have pretty much evergreen 
marketing out there for whatever it is that you're talking about. And it's a great way of collaboration, right? Because a lot of people in my audience may never heard of Vernon Ross. And it's the same thing. In your audience, they might not have heard Tom Schwab. So we're sharing that. And so if they start looking for me, they find you and vice versa. So it's a great way to, to build relationships and connections on the Internet also. Right. Now, when you were, we're just talking about um, blog conversion versus podcasts, were the, the stats that you, you gave for the 25 to 50% conversion rate for podcasts versus a 1% to 2% conversion rate for blogs, where do those stats come from? Is that something that you guys compiled on your own, or is that something that you found somewhere else, like social makers or some, someplace like um, that? Actually, the, the first one, the 1% to 2% for converting that blogs convert from visitors to mm-hmm. to leads, um, that's been put out there by HubSpot, by right, a, a right. bunch of different ones. The ones where we point out that that visitors from podcasts convert from 25 to 50%, that's in studies that we've done. Mm-hmm. Uh, based on over 500 different interviews with seven different um, clients. And what we're seeing is that the um, conversion rate necessarily isn't the size of the audience. For example, I've been on podcasts that have downloads of tens of thousands, and the conversion rate was much lower. I've been on a a podcast where the host swore that she had 150 downloads per episode. Well, if that's that's the case, um, uh, I think I had about a 75% listener-to-lead conversion rate. Oh, wow, so that's really, interesting. Yeah, it's really, it's not about, you know, um, how big of an audience you can get into. It's really about how many ideal customers are there. And exactly. that's one of the, the wonderful things about podcasting is that it's so niche that if you can identify who you want to talk to, who your ideal customer is, there are podcasts out there. I'm sure there's a podcasts that have rabid fans for macrame. Now I don't there know what are. they are. <laughs> I, I, I don't know what they are, but boy, if I was selling something with macrame, um, I would want to make sure that I was on those podcasts. Um, and it's the same way. There's there's got to be ones even you know, going back to your uh, your example of a dry cleaner. Well, there are local podcasts. You know, the the podcast that focus on focuses on nightlife in Austin or real estate in Austin, or I, I, I know about five or six great podcasts that are focused around one geography. Boy, that if, if I was selling a localized service like dry cleaning, yeah. you better believe I would be trying to get on every one of those podcasts, um, talking about uh, my story and how I could help those people. Oh yeah, no, it's it's uh it's insane and actually it's funny. Pat Flynn had someone, I think she's either yarn or knitting or macrame or crochet on his podcast. She went from basically doing that stuff as a as a hobby to actually running a very successful six figure online business talking about knitting. So yeah, it's there. <laughs> it's it's there. Now, when you uh, when you were inbound, you spoke at inbound. Uh, what was your talk about? Sure, I did uh, a talk that uh, focused on our experience over the last four years and what we have learned um, using inbound to to drive an e-commerce engine. And one of the things that that resonated most with people was how we've used user generated content. Mm-hmm. I always say that is the the holy grail of online or digital marketing. You know, after a while, there's only so many things that that we as business owners can say. And 
we're limited by our creativity, our experience, who we are. I always say that, you know, I can talk to a, a middle-aged suburban man very well, but if we've got a buyer persona that's a, a young mom or an older person, I don't always relate with those people. But your customers do because your best customers know who your next customer is. They know the problems they talk about. So we talked about how you can use user-generated content and, and having customers you know, either give you testimonials, take some of their testimonials, make it into blogs, um, interview them on podcasts like this. Mm -hmm. um, there's so many ways that you can do that. And at that point, um, you're just becoming more curation than creating the content. And there's the old, uh, the old joke that, that sort of goes back to what you were saying about the podcast, tweeting it out and other people tweeting it out. Yeah. But there's an old joke that how do you sell um, newspapers in a small town? You put everybody's name in it and everybody <laughs> will buy a copy and your mom will buy three copies. <laughs> right. <laughs> so it's, just, it, it's the same way with this, Vernon. You know, when you publish this, um, this podcast interview, you better believe that I'm going to go ahead and promote that because, you know, my name's in it. And uh, so as we use more of our customer and our user-generated content, uh, it's great. It becomes more about the customer than it does about the business. Right. No, ex exactly. It's it's really interesting, the whole dynamic of, like you said, putting someone's name in it because they're going to tell everyone that they know. And one of my podcast guests here recently, uh, Shola Abidoy, she has been just insanely busy promoting my podcast. <laughs> I'm like, <laughs> I need to start sending you money via PayPal because the opportunities that are coming from just her talking about her episode, she got a chance to talk about stuff she doesn't normally talk about and questions she doesn't normally get asked. And so she was like, oh my God, this is great. And so she's been telling everybody and I'm getting an email a week from people leads and being featured and stuff like that from her activity because she's been so, you know, she was happy that I was able to pull out some stuff that she really, really wanted to talk about that she doesn't normally talk about, which kind of brings me to this question. So w with an engineering background as an engineer, and I hop around a little bit in the podcast to go back some sometimes to a little more personal stuff. How does an engineer go from solving engineering type problems, nuclear problems to sales and marketing? How, how do you make that transition? Because it's two different sides of the brain. Um, I would argue that it's not, that you're still trying to solve a problem. You know, so for online, what do you, what do you need to, to grow an online business? You know, mm -hmm. you, need a, you need a machine to do it and you need fuel to, to fuel that machine. So as opposed to, to trying to figure out what's the, the newest, craziest tactic to, to sell something online or to sell something face-to-face -face or what's the, the newest clothes, you know, just figure out a system that works. Because once you get the system and start measuring it, you can figure out what works and what doesn't. And you can stop doing what doesn't work and double down on what does. Um, I talked about that at uh, Inbound and really – looking at marketing or online businesses as an engine. So you've got fuel, which is, is the content and content could be a blog, an infographic, a video, uh, even this interview here we're doing as, as a content. And that's what attracts people. 
and then you need the engine to take to help them move along from being a, a visitor to a lead. And you're using content in that and from a, a lead to a customer and then ultimately from a customer to an advocate. So to me, it wasn't that much of a, of a stretch. And I think more and more, at least in online businesses, uh, marketing's becoming more of a, a science and less of an art. There's always the creative portion to it, but I always look to my customers for their creativity. You know, they're they're smarter, wiser, and, and more creative than I have ever been. Uh, so I draw I I lean on them for that, and then just listen to them as the experts also, and look at the analytics to say what's working, what's not working. Right. You know, it's funny. Um, there's a a professor at one of the local universities here. He runs a digital marketing program, and he has been pushing for the past couple of years a guy named Perry Drake about the fact that there's more big data behind marketing now instead of just the creative and that students need to be prepared to know how to do the analytics and use big data and data science to actually quantify the marketing that's being done and it's it's just amazing that you say that and he's been talking about it and I actually met a guy at podcast movement who was, I think he was going to MIT and he's a data scientist and he was there to learn about podcasts and marketing and how big data can be used to market podcasts. And big data is great and we can learn a lot from that. But I would say all, um, all small business should look at their small data also. So, um, for example, we had a, um, a client that um, was sending out emails, and big data will tell you the best time to send out a, an email is like Tuesday around lunchtime mm-hmm. on average. Right. Well, that's like saying, what's the average temperature of the earth? I think it's about 58 degrees. That doesn't help, <laughs> that doesn't help me when I dress for the day. Right. So, so we tested a lot of different things, and he was um, – his – ideal buyers or his ideal customers were business executive business owners and they're too busy to open an email on a, on a Tuesday at noon and through testing we found that Sunday evenings were the best time to send them emails and so really focusing down on his his big data or his little data and we do the same thing with with podcasts so um, we always uh, whenever we're on a, a podcast we set up a separate welcome page. So if you hear this um, interview, you know, the day it posts or two years afterwards, that you've got a place to go and find everything that we talked about, any of the offers or resources. And what that allows us to do is give a better experience for the person coming there. But there's a data side of it too. We're able to measure, you know, what traffic we got from each podcast, and uh, what offers worked the best. And so from that standpoint, we can always refine that and tune that and say, well, this message resonated, this one didn't. This podcast resonated great, this one didn't. So we're always learning as we go with that. You know, once again, I say the customers always, they're the experts, and they'll tell you what they love and what they loathe. You just got to be smart enough to listen to them. <laughs> right, right. So as we're, as we're wrapping up, I wanted to uh, point out a couple things that are going on that you're going to be at. So if people want to actually meet you live and they're listening to this, I'm going to make sure that this podcast gets up before this happens. You're going to be speaking at Entrepalooza, uh, October, was it the 20, I wrote it down the 22nd or is it 26? You know, it's pretty bad. I I don't have my calendar in front of me. Uh, 22nd, 23rd. Yep. Yes. I was going to say, I think it's the 22nd. Now you're going to be talking about uh, user generated content there too, right? 
I am. And the funny part there is that I had written blogs on that in numerous places and really had gotten picked up nationally, some of the blogs. But it wasn't until someone heard me on a podcast speaking about this, and it was the, the one of the executives at Entreport, they uh, reached out and said, that is a great subject. Could you come and talk here about it? And I was thrilled to. Uh, <laughs> awesome. That's always good when they when they reach out to you, and it it's because of the podcast. It is, and it's once again I say it's more of a of a science than an art, and we've worked it together. And there's really a six step process. And once again, if if people want to see the infographic, it's hard to to describe the infographic on a podcast. But really, what you're trying to do is define who you want to talk to, define why you're an expert, uh, get booked on the ideal podcast. You know have a great presentation, and then move people from listeners to visitors and from visitors to leads. And the great part about it is that, you know, it, all of it can be outsourced except the interview. So it's a system that you can use and have a, a VA or an assistant um, help you set up the interviews, help you do the, the pages and the social media afterwards, and you can just spend the 30 or 45 minutes talking to your ideal customers uh, about your business. And we've had people that are you know, authors, coaches, speakers. We had uh, someone uh, that we were working with that did a book launch, and they did 20 podcasts in a week. And they called it uh, their virtual book tour. And they did it from home instead of having to go uh, across the country. <laughs> right, they, sat, right. they sat at home signing books for people that wanted them. Uh, there was another person that was a uh, uh, doing a crowdfunding. And they used that to get the word out. So really, if you want to connect with your customers, it's just a great medium to do it. And yeah. plus, you get to meet some amazing people. I've met more friends uh, that are hosts of podcasts. So it's fun. Yeah, you know, it's it is amazing. I've had so many authors on the show that quite honestly, if they did not have a book and they weren't trying to get the word out and I didn't happen to be the right kind of show that they wanted, there's no way I would have met them. Uh David Potruck is probably one of the uh, most influential that I've had on from a a big business standpoint. Uh you know, chairman of Hightower Investors and he helped with um building the infrastructure for Charles Schwab, their back end, and he wanted to talk about his book and his book related to, you know, small business and everything else, even though it didn't seem like it did on the surface. But once we really, really got into it and I had, you know, read the book to prepare for it, it was amazing how much of the strategies and things that he was talking about actually paralleled over what small businesses should be doing. But it's just one of those things where you you get access to people that you don't normally have access to as a podcast host. And then as a podcast guest, you get a chance to, like you said earlier, expose yourself to audiences that normally would not, you know, be within your reach because you're hitting another person's audience and borrowing influence from them to talk to their audience. So, yeah, it's it's great. And I love the fact that you talk about how to use podcasts for inbound marketing and something that no one else that I know of is really focusing on right now. Well, it's really worked for us. And uh, um, it's a it's a fun and easy way to produce content. And plus, you can go ahead and repurpose the content in any way. We'll take this interview, probably transcribe it, get some blog posts out of it. Uh, I'm sure there's going to be a couple, you know, zinger quotes that you did that we'll make into Canva images and we'll tweet those out and it'll just be fun. Yeah, that's awesome. And you know, guys, he just gave you some tips <laughs> right there for podcasters that are listening to this. When you have a podcast interview, one of the things you can do, get it transcribed, pull out the quotes and make those into Canva images 
and quite honestly, I hadn't even thought about that. <laughs> so well, you just I'll, gave me something right there. Vernon, I'll give you an even better tip here. And uh, uh, all these tips will be at, you know, tmschwab.com forward slash um, social strategy. But if you want to dictate, there's a program out there called rev.com. Oh, yeah. And they have changed my world. That's how I do my blogs now is I dictate my blogs and for a dollar a minute, they'll transcribe it. So a 30 minute podcast. Um, yeah, it's going to cost you $30 to transcribe that. But, uh, a average blog post is 600 words. And when we talk, we talk usually about 150 words a minute. So for $30, you've probably got five or six blog posts that you could pull out of there. Um, you got the tweets that you could pull out of there. So, um, uh, it's, it's just a valuable, uh, resource that you can, that you can use. Yeah. Rev.com is an amazing resource. I've used them before to get stuff transcribed. So yeah, <laughs> I am very familiar with that. Well, Tom, it's been great having you. The best way that people can find you is on tmschwab.com. And if you guys want to find this particular episode, I'm going to have a link in the show notes, but it's tmschwab.com forward slash social strategy. And I guess people can tweet you at tmschwab on Twitter. That's where I am. And uh, if you're ever in Kalamazoo, Michigan, definitely look me up. And uh, uh, I'm the only uh, Tom Schwab in Kalamazoo. So if you're looking at me on LinkedIn, that's me too. Awesome. Remember, guys, Tom is going to be speaking at Entrepalooza. So if you are going to be attending Entrepalooza October 22nd and 23rd, you get a chance to meet him in person, see him talk, and hear him talk about this whole user-generated content, the holy grail of digital marketing is as he calls it it should be an interesting talk if i get a chance i'm going to try to make that so i can hear that talk and uh and get out there to see you there's a there's a small chance i may be able to attend well you get there and then periscope it for everybody that can't make it to california right there you go there you go <laughs> yeah, real quickly before we go if you have a second what do you think about blab and periscope right now um i love them um, there's a lot of limitations right now um, from the search um, aspects of, mm -hmm. of Periscope, uh, but I, from a strat or a, a concept standpoint, um, I think that's where it's going to. You know, interaction, um, content, how you can um, go back and forth with people. Um, Blab, I think, is a great teaching tool, and I think anybody that's trying to um, to use a content strategy to, to serve their customers. I think it's a great thing. Um, there's some add-ons that you can do like with, um, uh, catch. If you just put hashtag catch, mm -hmm. uh, on your periscopes, um, that'll record them for you, which is great. Um, it'll also pull up some analytics for you, which is great. And you can see the, um, uh, the stream with it. So, uh, I love blab and, uh, where I think Blab is powerful for me as I've been doing some with different hosts. So bringing three different people's audiences together or four different people's audiences together and have a conversation there. And I think it benefits everybody there. So um, I, we live in an amazing time, Vernon. You know, there's a lot of problems in the world, but man, the things that we have available to us right now, we couldn't have even dreamed of five years ago. So oh, yeah. I'm excited. Oh, yeah. It is an exciting time. Well, Tom, hey, man, I really do appreciate you stopping, taking time out to talk to the audience. I think there's been some amazing information in here. I'm really looking forward to hearing the feedback on this episode because I really just haven't had a chance to talk to anyone that does inbound marketing and really talks about it in the way that you talk about it. And definitely, guys, make sure to go out to his blog. There is some really valuable information. If you've ever been curious about being a podcast guest, Tom's website is where you need to go to learn the benefits and how to actually use it. 
He has a webinar out there you can sign up for. It's a free 30-minute webinar that you guys can check it out that really goes into detail about it. And he's got a six-step process. So definitely check it out. It is a wonderful resource. I'm going to make sure to have all the links in the show notes so you guys can take full advantage of everything that Tom has to share with us. Tom, I really do appreciate you coming on. Thank you, Vernon. All right. Thanks a lot. All right, guys. That was a really amazing episode. Now, if you guys didn't catch it, there was a tweetable in there. You guys have got to tweet this out and copy Tom in it. It's never been easier to make a dollar online, but it's never been harder to make a difference, make a brand, and make a profit of doing it. That was an amazing tweetable. You guys have got to tweet Tom about that. You can tweet him at TM Schwab. (laughs) I'm going to have his Twitter link in the show notes, but that was a really, really good tweetable. There was so much information in there about inbound marketing and about how to draw those leads into your website, getting those people to interact with your brand by providing relevant content and relevant information is so important in today's noisy, noisy internet. There's so much noise out there on Twitter and Facebook and Instagram and Snapchat and anything else that you're using that you have to make that difference with quality content that's going to bring those people in, that's going to rank with good keywords and everything else that Tom was talking about. So definitely make sure you go back and listen to the interview again because there's so much stuff in there that you can use to help you with your content strategies. And of course, you can always go out to the guest website, go out to tmswab.com forward slash social strategy. You'll get all the notes that he took for this episode, which are really good. And there's some good, valuable stuff there. His six-step process for using podcasts to you know propel your popularity and also to put other little pieces of inbound marketing content out on the web that are going to pull people back to your profiles and to your sites and to your lead generation pages. All of that stuff is so, so valuable that you really should just be looking at what your inbound marketing strategy is. And if you don't have one, you should be thinking about developing one. Just really enjoyed having Tom on. It was definitely a pleasure. Let me know what you guys think about the interview in the comments, of course, and on the web. And please, guys, leave some reviews. Let us know what you thought about this episode. I'm sure Tom wants to know what you guys thought. And if you thought his information was valuable, he's going to be at Entrepalooza coming up. This episode is actually going to air right before Entrepalooza. So definitely, if you're out there, look for him at Entrepalooza. And that is a conference put on by Entreport. And they specialize also in inbound marketing, just like HubSpot. So definitely check that out. Check him out there. As I was talking about, I've got a couple of pretty exciting announcements. So what I've been working on, and as you guys have noticed, there's been a little bit of a lull in the podcast episodes. I've been so busy putting together a couple talks and writing and everything else that, you know, sometimes you just have to put things off, even though I've got some things recorded and in the can just ready to go. There was some quality stuff I had to do, a couple of re-recordings, a couple of things with my VAs and hiring new ones and getting rid of old ones and just all the drama that comes along with running a podcast. But that aside, I've managed to get out a Periscope guide for business, for marketing your business on the web with Periscope. Periscope is so important when it comes to providing that inbound content. It's a network where you give. I mean, it's a streaming network. It's online. It's live. But there's so many opportunities for you to be able to get out there and provide valuable content for people that are hungry for it on the web with Periscope. What I've done is actually during the time I wrote this course and had everything ready, I didn't have a voice. So I had a voice actor go out, record everything that I wrote down, 
we worked, you know, back and forth via Skype, chat, and all kinds of stuff to get this done. So the recordings are there. I think they're pretty good. I'm giving this to you guys at like seven bucks for the next seven days. So for the next seven days, it's going to be $7. It's out on the Social Strategy Academy. Just go out to vernonross.com forward slash academy and you'll go right out to it. You'll see all the courses that are out there. Of course, that's where the free sponsorship course is. That's where the LinkedIn course is. And now that's where the Periscope marketing course is for your business. So take advantage of it while it's $7 because guess what? It's not going to be that price for very long. It's actually going up to the normal price of $97. And that's going to come with some additional stuff, an equipment guide, and everything else that you need to do to be successful on Periscope. And I'm probably going to throw in some stuff for Blab and Meerkat as well. So definitely look for that. Go out to vernonross.com forward slash academy. You can take advantage of the Periscope for marketing course. It's $7 right now. I've never sold anything for $7. So definitely take a look at it. This is really just a giveaway. It's 10 videos. It's almost two hours worth of videos. And actually there's a, there's a bonus 11 uh, number 11 video where it goes over some of the equipment stuff, but there's going to be some more extensive stuff, titles for your periscopes that are, you know, keyword optimized and stuff that you can just tweak a little bit for your brand and stuff that's effective, strategies on how to get hearts and what they mean and all of, all of the stuff that is involved in Periscope and with the whole streaming community and getting there and really getting engagement from your community. So I've done a lot of research on it. been watching a lot of Periscopes. Actually, haven't been broadcasting as much as I'd like to, but watching a lot, taking a lot of notes, and seeing what works so that you guys can go out there, dominate, and be successful on Periscope, Blab, or Meerkat. Each one is different, and they each have their own little different idiosyncrasies. You guys are going to be seeing a lot of me out on Blab and on Periscope. So definitely check that out, guys. That's it. Going to go ahead and get out of here. Make sure you email me, vernon at vernonross.com, to leave comments. Let me know what you think. Of course, follow me on Twitter at RossPR. And guys, leave some ratings and reviews. All you have to do, vernonross.com forward slash review. And that's going to take you right out there. If you're on your iPhone, it'll even launch iTunes for you. Go right to the page where you need to leave the review. Thanks, Hanamori, for that. Our last guest with Simple Podcast Press, an amazing software as a service that I actually just, I'm in love with that thing. It makes life so much easier for me and producing this podcast. So with that, guys, I'm going to go ahead and get out of here, and I will see you in the next episode.